Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I am glad you're here. Time and distance are no barrier to energy, and that means that no matter when you're listening, no matter how you found us, you are here for a reason. And I hope something in the next hour lights you up and helps you move forward. Today's guest knows deeply that the power of loving, conscious music transcends and shifts our paradigms from within, ascending evermore toward love. Paul Luftenegger is here to share with us his belief that we are all creators of our universe and a part of omnipresent love. Are you ready to meet him? Paul Luftenegger is an independent, international, multi-award winning singer and songwriter. His new album, Love Expanding Love, is available in more than 120 countries worldwide and it's been shared already with millions of listeners. Paul's music is loved and appreciated by people across the world. Oprah Winfrey, the Prince of Cambodia, Glenn Close, the Premier of Ontario are just a few of his fans and friends. Paul's aim is to encourage global love and kindness through positive, conscious music. You can find out more about Paul and his work at paulluftenegger.com. Paul, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you so much, Karen. I'm so excited to be here today with everyone. Wonderful. I'm very glad to have you here. And I think I'd like to start at the beginning. What, what brought you to this place on your journey? What woke you up? Well, um, my story um, is um, one of awakening, like everyone that's uh, probably listening. Uh, we're all tuning in probably to really just share some love and light, essentially. My story um, is, is one of adversity. Um, and on March the 6th of 2011, my father sadly took his own life. And um, it was one of those moments in life where um, everything crashed. I broke t- broke into essentially what I say a billion pieces and had to figure out how to put myself back together. But I felt something happen um, really before I found out that my father had passed away. And it was an alchemical feeling of angelic love and omnipresent love um, in my life. And it had always been there, but it was like it had turned up um, in terms of the volume that morning before we found out about my father. And my awakening really happened in front of a mirror. And I knew, um, I knew that I had to be um, in a space of love. And I knew that there had to be blessings that came from this. I just, it was a knowingness. And I remember looking in the mirror. And um, what happened alchemically is that everything shifted inside of myself. And I realized that the inside actually um, had shifted to be the most important Um, aspect of my life. And what I did is a life review essentially on myself. um, And music started flowing out of out of me, essentially. And I had always been in music, but music became a catalyst for my healing. And I went back and realized that all of my visions and dreams um, had kind of been stopped because of um, 
essentially fear and anxiety. Um, and really just, uh, I lived my life from a fear-based perspective. And in order to kind of put my billions of pieces back together with love, I had to um, do that step by step. And it was pretty much uh, a three-year process. And in doing that, um, music started really streaming through um, the inner part of myself. And um, I, you know, I was, I've always been in music my whole life. But what's so interesting is um, when I was a child, I was essentially, I always felt the yearning to be a priest. And um, I didn't really admit it to too many people when I was younger. But what's so interesting now is that I, the message that came through always when I was younger was that not this time. And what's so interesting now is that I recognize, I get, I get it all now, that it was to be really um, someone that works um, in service to others through my music. And um, I've had a very long list of adversities um, growing up that are just essentially lessons that I've learned along the way that I recognize now why they all happened. And I, I really feel that um, you understand life backwards sometimes. And to do a life review is my call um, to action, really. And I think that there's so many gifts in your childhood. And the message that always comes through is that the kingdom of heaven is really through the childhood and a child's heart. And my call is really to, to help heaven come to, to life on earth. Um, and it is through the heart that I feel is the great portal of that energy. And my music is really... Um, it's really making some interesting, some interesting love waves around the world. And I can't believe that this is my life, to be quite frank, <laughs> but it is. So that's pretty much my, my story. There's a sense in which, I don't know if you know this about me, but I actually studied to be a priest in the Episcopal Church and was mm -hmm. um, preparing, was very, very close to uh, receiving that plastic collar that mm -hmm. would mark me as an authority figure and um, was called out of that for me through my own spiritual awakening was called out of that path and into a broader path. I think there are a lot of us running around right now who are priests, but maybe aren't dressed as priests. Mm, interesting. I didn't know that about you. Karen. Yeah. I'm really thankful for sharing that you shared that. Oh, that yes, that's um, and my life now is not certainly not what I thought I would be doing either. It's a very, there's something afoot, Paul, there's something bigger going on. There's, Mm, so there are, there's change happening and so many people are waking up. So many people are hungry for a greater connection. Mm -hmm. And my sense is that through your music, through the work that you do, through the way that you use it as healing, you're one of those people who makes connections. Yes, I would. Uh, the, the people that have written me, um, I've received thousands and thousands of letters from amazing hearts that are, are sharing um, in my work and receiving letters um, from people. Um, I just received recently a letter from a 68-year-old woman that uh, is a beautiful heart that she just shared that she's always loved music as an entertainment aspect, and she has different genres that she loves, but she had never heard anything like mine. And to receive a letter like that from a 68-year-old woman who um, the call to, that she felt called to um, when she first was introduced to my music was, I have a song called My Heart, which is about putting your hand on your heart and saying, I love you to yourself. And um, she wrote me a thank you letter that was very beautiful and just expressed that she had never done that in her 68 years of living on this earth and that she just couldn't stop hitting replay on the button and crying and realizing how beautiful she really was. And getting a letter like that is absolutely phenomenal. 
And I know that she's likely tuning into this this call, and I just want to send her all of the love because that story is um, one that we can all relate to because of self-worth. Um, I really believe that self-worth is the, the largest uh, part of your healing. And once your cup fills up, it runs over to really essentially uh, give to others. Mm-hmm. And I know from my father's suicide, I learned so many things about what self-worth is and how lacking I was in that regard before my father passed away. But through healing, it was the only way out of that space and putting myself back together to be whole again. We have a clip of of my heart, and I'd love to. Let's play that now. Let's listen for a moment. This is Paul Luftenegger. The track is My Heart from his new album, Love, Expanding Love. My Heart, that's from Paul Luftenegger's new album, Love, Expanding Love. And Paul, one of the things that's so moving about that song, to me at least, is that we so often are unaware of, unconnected with that heart in us that is connected with the heart of the world, the heart of the divine. Yes, definitely. And um, it's always present for us to tap into uh, with our free will. There are so many of us who struggle with self-worth. One of the one of the things I'm always reminding myself is to be gentle with myself because I think I'm my own harshest critic, right? We can be really yes. savage with ourselves. And even if we've grown up with a lot of validations of self-worth, sometimes those um, mm, that in our inner voices, our inner critic can really cut us down. How have you moved past that? You said your fear really stopped you before. How are you moving through, moving past that fear? Well, one of the things that I always like to share with people um, when they ask a question like that is that I recognize, and I am not the creator of this, um, but I do understand it now. And I realized that um, fear, there's two roots in life. Um, With our free will, we power either or, one of which is love and one of which is fear-based thought or fear-based energy. And I didn't recognize this before, but 
what I recognize now and understand, and to answer your question, um, you power love or fear, um, and what happens is it goes out, it expands, goes out into the world, and it comes back. So these are things like, um, for instance, you know, hatred, anger, um, all of the all of the shadow kind of energies that go in. If you power those fear-based roots, they go out and they come back. And what I realized is that um, through love-based roots, so doing something loving, doing something kind, it creates peace, love, joy, happiness, prosperity. The the energy of love um, really goes out and it comes back. And what's so interesting about this is I believe very, very much that intention is the most important thing to, dis- to talk about, actually, because when we become responsible for the energy that we bring to life through those two pieces of information, love or fear, based roots, um, what happens is that you become conscious of that. And what's so interesting is when you power love roots, they go out, but they start filling up your cup more and more and more for that self-worth. And that's happened for myself because I never thought that I was good enough to sing before, to be quite frank. I never thought that I was talented enough. I knew that I, I knew that I was, but I, I challenged myself with conflict all the time, always doubting that part of me. And what's so interesting in it is I think I needed to understand that to do what I do. So I don't think there's any mistake in us having that part. But now what I recognize is self-worth really comes from creating love in the world. And at first it comes from within, and then it flows over into other things in, in life externally. But it's all from the inside. <laughs> and I didn't know that before. And what you put out there is reflected yes, back to absolutely. you then, and then it makes it easier to go a little bit farther, a little bit farther. And yeah. it once, once you start that, once you make that loving change, it's easier to continue to make loving changes, just as if you are holding a habit, a pattern of, consistent fear-based changes, it almost kind of makes sense that you would just continue in the, in the fear. But once you make that change, you're in that place of love. It's easy, easy to keep moving forward. Well, and what happens is you start expanding inside. And um, I think ultimately the, the feelings that happen as a result of love, um, when someone, when you have a moment with someone, I think really the reality that starts happening is that you realize how sacred life is, the gift of life and the miracle of every single life. Um, Every single life that you come into contact with, I believe, is divinely aligned. (laughs) Um, And what's so interesting is I believe that life, when you start becoming conscious of this, if you start just looking around what's going on in your every moment, you start noticing some things that I think have always been there. But it's like your your vision or your intuition starts to expand. And that has been something that I believe that we're all intuitive. I think we all have that telepathic kind of insight to that innerness. But what's, what's so interesting that I've noticed is there are so many signs along the path if you just look. But you have to kind of be quiet within yourself to really see them. And to stop and smell the roses is, is really, you know, the metaphor of doing that. But if you just look around in your periphery, there are so many things just all around for you to love. <laughs> mm. And it's true that when you are doing the equivalent of walking with your head down and your eyes half closed and muttering to yourself and your hands curled up in fists, it's very difficult for you to see anything except what you think is directly in front of you, that narrow kind of vision. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like music is 
a powerful way of shifting people's perspective of opening perception, as you shared with that letter that you had from a, from a listener, Mm -hmm. how do you set out to create these compositions so that they do have that opening up effect? Well, um, all of my music is really from the concept or the intention of universal law. Um, being that love um, is uh, really, love transcends everything. Um, it transcends everything that I've ever found in this, in this life. And um, to answer your question, I um, work with um, my highest counsel. I believe, as you've said already, and I think everyone, if you start digging into um, what's going on around the world, is that we're at a that massive press, we're at that precipice point of shift and um, awakening. And everyone's waking up at their own time, at their own pace, um, divinely aligned. And to answer your question, my alignment happened, um, you know, in really essentially 2011. And it probably started really probably about three years before that. But really, it just, uh, when I started writing music, I knew that I, I knew, I think we have a knowingness in us if we just quiet our mind to know what we love, our passion, our purpose, um, I think everyone comes with that. And it takes that quieting of the, of the mind. And I love the line, uh, the longest journey one will ever take is from the mind to the heart. Mm. And the heart really is the center of y- the universe within. Um, and what's so interesting when I write music is that my heart opens myself. So therefore, what's so interesting is that when my heart's open as my authentic self, it also helps others. And I write from the first person so that people can hear their own heart. And what that does is it opens their heart to their own life, loving self, highest self, if you will. And that is really my call um, in all of my work. And I know that it's, there's no mistake in this. Mm. Um, and since I've gotten on this path, what's so interesting is more and more music has come out. And the one thing I always like to say is we're surrounded by infinity, um, literally all around us. We just have to expand our mind. Um, and essentially the programs, you are so much more what, than what someone told you you are. And that has helped me heal so much and really come out in my music because you are pure love. Once you recognize that uh, everything changes within yourself, and music for me started flowing. And I think anyone's purpose starts flowing when you realize that you are pure love and that your life is a miracle. What you just really stopped me there when you said you are so much more than what someone has told you you are. Cause we carry that, don't we? Oh, we sure do. And I know I did for such a long time. I know being gay, um, even for me, I know that there's so many gay people in the world that are marginalized. Um, and what's so interesting is that, you know, the media has shown gay to be a certain thing. You know, um, in my youth, it was to go out to a bar, smoke cigarettes, party with alcohol, you know, th- those sorts of things. And I did that. I'll, you know, be the first to admit it. But the thing that's so interesting is I am so much more than what someone's stereotype of me is. Mm-hmm. And what's so interesting in this is that I kind of denied my spirituality because of being gay, because I felt marginalized. But what's so interesting is that now... Having powered, I've always been with God. I saw light and love as a child. I was always intuitive. I just kind of buried that beneath my pain. And what's so interesting is when I did my life review, um, I felt like the old me kind of became a hybrid or um, perhaps a, a little bit more enlightened to understand that my life had taught me everything I needed to know to get to now, to the moment of now. And that part of 
healing is the most beautiful part that we can all do a life review. And if you go back to your childhood, I guarantee you there are moments that you loved yourself like no one could. Mm. And when you go back to them, that's amazing. <laughs> and there are those little glimmer moments in your life. That's really who you are. And um, yeah. I love what you're saying about how even as even growing up gay that you identified and you were with God, I had a very similar experience. I'm starting to think we're related. Um, <laughs> honestly, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had that same experience. It's just that there are certain things that aren't allowed. If you're gay, there are certain things that aren't allowed. There are certain roles that aren't allowed for you. Mm-hmm. And so I, lived through my connection, kept that divine connection in a different way. And it wasn't until I was in my thirties um, that I began to, that I was able to be in a place that was open enough to start on the spiritual path that I walked, which for me was with the Episcopal church and, and the path of ordination. Um, I couldn't have done that 10 years before or 15 years before. And for me now to be where I am with, I'm, live with my partner and we're married and we have two children. I would never have imagined that for myself growing up, that that was possible. And Mm -hmm. I think that that for me, when I look back at how I thought my life was going to be and how it is, it reminds me that we can make change, that we are moving forward. And with all of us, with that collective intention for peace, for justice, for truth, for love, for tolerance, for honoring the diverse and the divine in all of us. That's how we, as I often say on the show, this is how the good people take over the world. Well, absolutely. And what I just, what just came through to me to share is that I remember somebody saying to me not too long ago that God paints with beautiful colors. Just look at any sunset, Mm. look at any sunrise. None is the same as the other. They're similar, but what's so interesting is we're more alike than we are different, but everyone shines their own color, their own hue, their own light, their own love. And that really, that concept is really the sum of its parts. And we need every single person to shine their love um, to really uh, empower the diversity, like you had said, of the divine. And that part of what is happening is, I think, what's shifting um, is that people are starting to really expand their mind so much that we have so much more than we recognized before because everyone's blooming this wonderful divine flower from within more and more and more as we heal together. Because everyone is healing from something. There's no one that gets out unscathed on this earth. <laughs> no <laughs> one. Um, and I like um, the idea of a seed in germination. It looks like it's cracking at the, you know, blowing up and cracking and splitting and looking all destructive. But what's so interesting is it grows the beautiful tree. But when it's growing, it doesn't look like it's going to be a beautiful tree. That's kind of how I see life. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't know, is it persistence? Is it dedication to stay with it even when you can't see that it will grow up to be a tree? To mm-hmm. be present with yourself no matter what stage of growth you're in, no matter how you're feeling on a certain day, no matter what someone says to you, no matter how, right, how lousy or how wonderful, that patience to stay with yourself and the understanding that we are, not only do we not, nobody gets away unscathed, but we also are never, ever, ever alone. No, never alone. Absolutely. And what I think also is a big part of that is I think that everyone has complicated spirit so much that God so much that I think God is really simple. Love is very, very, very relatable. And quite frankly, I think everyone is a genius. And I, I know that 
that's the one thing that I really want to share is we are so much smarter and so much more genius than we, than we give credit to. Every, the, the fact that you can even live as long as we do, there's so much genius in your life once you start honoring the genius that you are. And everyone can be a master and captain of their fate in their life. Um, and it's by that very divine genius that created this beautiful thing called life that we then get to live it. Um, so that's one of the things I always like to share. Everyone's a genius. <laughs> the spirit is a genius. <laughs> <laughs> that's something I need to have that on a shirt, I think, or no, maybe not a shirt, but something that I can see every day. And yeah. right, and and remember and remember that because I think we all are in our in our own way, and that I believe too that we we are all the master of our fate, whether or not we consciously are aware of it. And Absolutely. that means that we are creating our lives, creating our paths with every choice that we make. And so it's, it's so much more fun to be and aware. You're the star and you're the star of the show in your life. You really are. Mm. And when you start empowering the star that you are in your life um, with love, with for yourself and for others, as best you can. It doesn't mean that we don't trip too, because look, I am not, I speak from this space, but I know I trip on this fear stuff all the time. Um, I am not free of it entirely. I work on that every day. And there's days that I have hard days in fear, but I know that the next, I love the line that every day is fresh with no mistakes. Mm. You are listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager. My guest is Paul Luftenegger. We will be um, back after this short break. We'll hear more music from Paul, and we'll see you after the break. Sassy! Sassy! This week's episode, Danger at the Old Well. Last one to the old well's a rotten egg! Ha ha! I win! Whoa! Johnny fell down the well! I'm wet! What, Sassy? You know where Mr. Gunderson keeps his rope? Go get it, girl! What? You'd rather use his time to set people straight about shelter pet adoption? I'm cold! People shouldn't be afraid to adopt from a shelter? Because shelter pets are screened for sound health and temperament? I'm wet and cold! Sassy, what about Johnny? What? Let Johnny sit in the well until he learns to be more self-reliant? Sassy! What do you say? Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Remember, adopt! Come to the forest. It's a place not so far away. A place where you don't have to mow the lawn. Or babysit. I saw lizards and squirrels and bugs. Ladybugs, caterpillars. It's really cool, actually. A place where you don't have to make time for free time. Lots and lots of kinds of species here. Out here, you may even meet the mysterious creature known as the other you. The enchanted you. It's magic what flowers do. The adventurous you. My favorite tree, yes, is that one. The free-to-be-me you. (laughs) Ask your parents to take you to this not-so-far-away place. Come to the forest, where the other you lives. But first, stop by discovertheforest.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Do you get tired of styling your hair every day? And do you want a good hairstyle every day? 
Hi, I'm Sarah Schuster. I went on a website called inventnow.org, and after that, I decided to invent something too. Something called the Instadoo. Just imagine, you just put it over your head like a helmet does, and you pick your hairstyle with the buttons on the side, then you can have instant hairstyle in seconds. People like it. People like Jeff Bart. I like it. And people like Kenneth. It's a summer thing, and it fits over your head, and it's great. Thank you, Kenneth. You should go to inventnow.org, and it could help you come up with your own invention. After all, look at me on the radio now. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions, or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. And now back to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager on Empower Radio. EmpowerRadio.com. Welcome back to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager, and my guest on today's show is Paul Luftenegger. His new album is Love, Expanding Love, and you can find out more about Paul and his work at paulluftenegger.com. Now, there's going to be spelling. Are you ready? This is worth writing it down so that you can get to the right place. It's P-A-U-L-L-U-F-T-E-N-E-G. G-E-R, paulluftenegger.com. And of course, I always welcome your feedback, your questions, your um, comments on the show. Do you like what you're hearing today? Are you going to connect with Paul and connect with more of Paul's work? What are some things in your life that encourage healing? When did you have your awakening? What was that like for you? I always welcome your email and your comments. You can always reach me through my website at Karen Hager. And before we bring Paul back on the air, let's listen to just a clip of his song, This Time. This is on the Love Expanding Love album by Paul Luftenegger. this time from Paul Luftenegger's new album, Love Expanding Love. And Paul, as I listen to that, I can hear that personal quality that you're talking about. Um, making a shift, moving out of fear into love. This time for me, this time I'll be free. 
Yes. Um, well, that um, particular song, I know sometimes you need a little pep in your step, mm-hmm. which is um, why I why I I know that that song was written, um, and it was to put some pep into my step, obviously, and also I believe everyone needs some pep in their step, just to feel, you know, this time it's okay to say this time it's going to be for me, and I think all of us um, have said so often that it can't be for us, um, and quite frankly, um, it's time to really be. Um, that pep in your own step, and to say this time it's going to be for me, for my heart. Um, and I believe saying that is actually kind of the big gift to yourself and to the world, actually, because we need every dream and dreamer dreaming their biggest dreams. And imagine this world if everyone did that. It'd be amazing. And it will be amazing. Well, and it brings you back into that awareness we were talking about before the break, that awareness that you are, you are the one creating your own path. So there's a sense in which this time it it really is for me. I am creating my own path. My choices direct the experience that I'm going to have. And so that is a huge gift, that gift of awareness. Yes, absolutely. And um, it's a beautiful thing. (laughs) It's a gift. It's a miracle when you start doing that. And when you start actually seeing what aligns for you um, upon that that kind of um, self-love. Now, your music, you, you are the, the creator of a genre of music that you call conscious healing music. And I'd love to know how your music is being used. It's not just that it's going out to individuals. It's also being used in programs and being used to support other healing um, processes. Yes? Yes. So um, I've had, as I've mentioned, uh, many letters, thousands and thousands of letters from beautiful people from all around the world. Um, what I wanted to share with you today um, is that this last album was actually paid for by my fans. So I did a Kickstarter campaign. What is so cool about energy is that I know that this album is charged with so much love just from the way it was paid for. Um, so that being said, what's so neat is that there's um, people using this that were part of the creation of it as well. And I received this letter from this amazing woman um, out west and she shared to me how I had changed the world in that particular day. And I have to tell you, I, have cr- I cry a lot. I should mention that. <laughs> but that's a good thing uh, because I feel like crying is actually a gift because it's a release. Um, and what's so interesting is she wrote me this beautiful letter about how she actually had a women's group trace uh, essentially their own hands on a piece of paper. And in this group setting, everyone did this. And on each finger on each hand that they traced, um, each person had to write loving intentions for themselves. And then what's so interesting is the first song that you played, My Heart, um, she then put that on and she said, just so you know, there wasn't a dry eye in the room Mm. and everyone felt connected to everyone. And what's so great is that the song supported their own inner intention for their self-love. So I know that music, it's, you know, if you listen to any jingle, The reason why music was used in jingles is because it gets in your head and it repeats like a loop. And when you actually have music that's conscious with intention, um, what's so great about it is it starts to kind of open up the inside. Um, And my intuition on this, I know that um, this is my purpose. I know it's why I came to Earth. (laughs) It's to share this part of um, really who I am and what I've learned in my life. And everyone has something else to teach the world. We're all students and teachers here. Um, It's the classroom of life. Um, And conscious music is um, essentially the lessons that I've learned that I know is universal love. And I know music's the language of love. And it opens and lifts the spirit um, within us. 
and it blooms the heart. So that's really conscious music um, in a nutshell for me. Mm. And it's so, see, to me, music, um, just as reading is for me, it, it's all about, it's like making choices with what I'm going to feed myself. Right. I can I can choose the really horrible meal that's not very good for me and I might feel good for 30 seconds and then feel horrible for a couple of years. I can choose something that is vibrant from the earth that is whole that that feeds me that's bursting with life. And I can do the same with the entertainment choices I make, the music I I choose, the things I choose to read. And so that to me is part of that conscious practice. We have control over what we listen to, what we view, what we say, what we do. Absolutely. And I know like one of the things that I wanted to share is every single song that I've written is really done from a my heart, which is essentially a call out to an intention. So I have a song that talks about I, I want a world where our uh, where we honor the elderly, um, where we feed every mouth. I want our governments to be kind to all life. That's one song. And every song has that same kind of influence or thread that connects us to each other with love. So we're weaving a web essentially of love from heart to heart around the world. And we're doing it more consciously as we expand and unite and support each other in win-win relationships. And that's the thing about, I believe the shift is that everyone, there's no more competition um, in that sense. And it doesn't mean that we don't fall into those spaces sometimes, but we try to empower people with love um, because when we do that, we actually essentially grow and birth this new opportunity for all of us and one heart at a time. And then together we weave this beautiful, beautiful, um, gorgeous tapestry of love. And that's really when we become more and more conscious of what we're creating. Um, it's interesting because um, I, I know that intention for me is 10 tenths of the law. <laughs> and I've made that statement to myself over and over again, because the old way was possession is nine tenths of the law. And quite frankly, do you really own anything? Mm-mm. I don't know if you do. Um, what I know that I own is my soul, and I want to do that with intention. And that's really, I think that's being conscious. And that for me has been really a great guide to remind myself when I fall and trip a little bit on the other uh, paradigm. Well, and I think that as we as we move through life, as we go through those ups and downs, there may be a place where you are at a higher point and I am at a lower point where I've kind of toppled over and I'm struggling to get up. And if you're coming from that, right. And if we are joined in intention, if we're joined in prayer, even if we never meet each other, never see each other, if I am supported in that way, then it's easier for me to get up. And if you're supported that way, it's easier for you to get up. And it's not just that when we make these personal changes, that it changes our lives. It's not only that, it's that it changes everything. Everything's connected to everything. Yes. Absolutely. And that can be overwhelming and a little scary and, oh my gosh, what if I do it wrong? Or it -hmm. can be wonderful and uplifting and truly transformative. Absolutely. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. What, What would you like to see this turn into you've got such a wonderful groundswell of appreciation support love where would you like to see your music go well i'm at a point really in my um so it's been about just a little over four years since my dad passed away and i my, my whole next kind of um calling right now is i really want to i want to start living joy 
in, in every day more. So I've done a lot of inner work, but now I want to kind of uh, lift myself into a great space of joy. And I am there. Um, but with my music, I'm actually going to start um, doing some performances. So I'm actually Anita Marjani, who is a New York Times bestselling author. She actually has invited me to share the stage with her on a one day workshop here in Canada, um, in London, Ontario, on May the 24th. Wow. And um, I'm really excited because um, essentially um, it's a great day at a very big venue um, and there's going to be tons of people there, which is so exciting. And I'm going to do some live performances one-on-one with just me, vocal and a piano. And um, Elton John says when you play the piano and sing, there's nowhere to hide. And it's very vulnerable to do that. I've done one performance like that um, uh, on January the 14th. Uh, of 2014. So this is my second live performance um, doing all of my work. But I'm really excited because I know that I'm ready. Um, and I think that I feel very much that God has only uh, has allowed me to, to grow only as I could um, healthfully. So I think very often we get very impatient with wanting. We wanted it yesterday. You know what I mean? So I know that I've, I've slowly reached the point of this opportunity because I needed to be prepared. And I know that this is going to become bigger and bigger because love never stops growing. It's quantum. So what's so interesting is I get letters that go and share my music with other people that then share it with other people that then share it with other people. And that's the way that music really brings people together. And being conscious is really cool because it offers an opportunity to have a discussion about things that perhaps you wouldn't discuss otherwise, like self-love. Um, and it opens the doorway to have the, the talk or the discussion about some of these things called consciousness. So what's happening is it's going around the world. It already has. And more and more, as my life moves forward, um, love keeps growing. So the great part is like a boomerang, it comes back. And I'm really here to serve the world, to help the world be a little bit bre- brighter and better uh, with love. And that's my call to action. And I ask everyone listening, first of all, I want to thank you for listening and thank your heart for being here with us today and um, really uh, have a moment to share my music. And it's, you can actually go onto my website and listen to it for free, which is one of my calls to action. And if you like it, I ask you to support it first um, for maybe purchasing my album and then obviously sharing it with some that you love and asking them to do the same if they love it. And love goes out like a love wave around the world. And um, that's really where I'm at with, within this. And you're ready to be seen. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Not just heard, but seen. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. Let's listen to one more track from Paul Leftenegger's album, Love, Expanding Love. This is Masters of the Keys. Forgive the hearts that hurt And love, the love and peace will 
will come and peace will come when we love, be love, be love. And let the light of God shine in, hold the light of all that is be known, be Masters of the Keys, a track from Paul Leftenegger's album, Love, Expanding Love. I'm just playing little snippets for you. And if you want to hear more, you want to head over to paulleftenegger.com to hear more. Now, Paul, this album, Love, Expanding Love, is dedicated to Oprah Winfrey. And I wonder, and you heard from her, didn't you? You connected with her. How, yes. Tell me what inspired you to, to dedicate the album in this way. Well, um, this is kind of one of those things where I um, essentially, after my father passed away, like you had mentioned earlier, um, I couldn't expose myself to regular television personally. I just wasn't, I couldn't be around. I, I noticed I was so sensitive to everything going on and I just knew internally that I couldn't expose myself to um, negative uh anything negative, really. And I noticed on television, it really seemed like that at the time, especially because I was so raw from um, my father's suicide. And what is so interesting in my path is that in 2011, actually, Oprah launched her own network. And I actually started watching uh, Maya Angelou and Oprah Winfrey on Masterclass. They did this interview for their self, their actual self-interview. And it was this new, this new platform. I've never seen, I had never seen someone do a self-interview. But what was so interesting is um, I didn't know Oprah's adversity to the extent that she shared. And I didn't know Maya Angelou's uh, adversity, that she was actually a mute as a child. Um, Maya Angelou didn't speak for a number of years because she thought that her words could hurt people. Um, and what's so interesting is what developed in her is poetry actually healed her. Um, and the reason why I dedicated my album to Oprah really in the own television network is because I know that that was a divinely aligned moment. And I have no doubt in my mind that um, that really said, I don't think I would be here doing this the way that I am right now had that not happened. So I wanted to reach out to Oprah and just simply say thank you because this music that I've done and this healing that has happened, I know was because it was divinely aligned. And she really has been a mentor to me um, without knowing her just through her network. But what's so great is on January uh, the 1st, a fan of mine in Hawaii uh, lives just down the road from her. And talk about the universe aligning. Um, this fan of mine in Hawaii loved my work and she asked if she could help me get it to her. And on, Chris, or on uh, New Year's Day, she hung um, my albums and a letter I had written to Oprah on Oprah Winfrey's Christmas wreath. <laughs> and I think it's so interesting, her Christmas wreath. <laughs> and Christ, 
actually helped, I believe, very much in my calling. And Oprah Winfrey actually called um, this beautiful person that helped me, that's a fan of my work, and left a message about my music on her voicemail and then shared it with me. Um, And listening to Oprah Winfrey talk about this, for the little glimmer of light that that was, I am so grateful. And I know... um, I know that she had it in her hand, and that's. It was so beautiful hearing Oprah uh, talk about my music on a recording, and it was just very cool. So I'm very thankful. That maybe is bigger than a little glimmer of light. Yeah, that, I know. yeah maybe. <laughs> I know. I have to say, um, one of these days, I know. I know that Oprah will cross my path. That's my. That's my. I just have this gut feeling, um, but I'm so thankful that uh, that that moment happened because I know how busy and how hard. Oprah works doing what she does. Absolutely. I wonder, I'm a big believer in daily spiritual practice to kind of help keep us on an even keel. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, can you share a little bit of what your practice is? I would love to. Um, many people ask me this question. And the first thing that I just want to say is um, meditation is something that many people talk about. Um, and I think all too often people make very complicated. I think, again, back to simplicity. Um, meditation really is reflection. Prayer is um, kind of incorporated with that for me. So I meditate and pray. Um, I usually do that in the morning um, before I get out of bed. I meditate in the morning. I do a reflection. I feel closest to God in the morning before I wake up. Um, kind of in that in-between sleep and waking up state. It starts your day with that love um, streaming through. And what's so interesting is what comes through, because I think we're kind of also on the other side in the morning a little bit more. Mm. Um, And then before I go to bed, I always do a little bit of meditation or reflection. So I start and end my day that way. And I will say when I was healing, when I was going through a really hard time, um, putting my pieces back together, um, I actually meditated in the sunlight. Um, I like laying down. A lot of people talk about sitting up. I like laying down flat um, and really just quieting the mind. But also people, I think, sometimes um, quiet the mind. And that's the, so if you hear something, it, people consider that loud. Whereas sometimes I think you're meant to hear things when you meditate. Um, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So that's really my, my practice um, pretty much every day. Um, And then when I write music, I play the piano every day. Um, I practice every day. Um, And it's very, very therapeutic. Um, And I would say you can learn an instrument at any age. Go and learn an instrument if you've always wanted to. And if you have learned an instrument and kind of put it off, perhaps start singing or playing an instrument again. Should I share with you my secret violin fantasy? I studied the piano <laughs> as a child, studied the piano, and I wouldn't practice, and I just nah, didn't didn't go anywhere mm-hmm. with me. But I have a secret violin fantasy that, and I'm yeah. about to be fifty. I don't know. I don't well, know. you know what? I I would suggest why not? And um, I think that there's so many beautiful things. It's never too late to do anything. I think you can do anything you like. Mm, I love it. Wonderful. How do you stay in conversation with? your guides through all this, because that's such an important sustaining part of this work of your practice. It is. Um, it is through meditation that we travel um, to the other side. Um, I think, like I had said, everyone is uh, intuitive and has that third eye um, yep. without question. The light body and cleaning the light body, which is the chakra system inside, um, I do a vacuum meditation, um, which is essentially going from top to bottom in my inner self. And I clean out any fear on, you know, the crown, the third eye, 
the throat and the heart especially because the heart gets really heavy sometimes with yeah. fear. And I just literally connect from God's love, bring in the light, the diamond light I call it, um, and I actually just vacuum out any fear from each of the, especially the upper chakras and along the spine down to the base of the um, of the back, actually. And what's so interesting is when you suck out fear, it goes back to where it needs to go away from you and the light body starts uh, actually coming to life. So that's actually something that I do uh, periodically to keep um, the flow and then grounding it into the center of the earth. Mm-hmm. And then everything is round um, is what's always shown to me. So our energy from our heart center, we can expand it out round and that's through the light body. So to connect with my team, that's what I do. Um, and it flows through us. <laughs> when you think about what's coming next, I know you have the live performance on May 24th in London, Ontario with Anita Morjani. When you think about what's next albums, I hear, I hear writing in you, um, honestly, like books and things. What's, what's next? It's funny that you should say that, and I would say that you're a psychic, obviously, (laughs) because I am actually working on a book right now, and I've been working on a book uh, for quite some time, so I'm really just, um, I'm writing stories right now, sharing um, my inner story and myself and where I'm at with what I'm doing, so I am writing a book. Um, I'm not sure how that will align just yet, but um, the fact that you asked is so interesting because I was going to bring it up, but I didn't even have to bring it up because you did. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how that works. Things come out in divine time. They come out when they are ready to be seen. And so maybe that's, maybe that's something that's ready to be seen. Yes. And the other thing that I'm going to start doing is I really want to start having some one-on-one um, discussions with people because I want to help people. I want to hold people um I want to hold people's hand um, and help them. Uh, So I am doing some one-on-one sessions as well with people um, that I've just started, and I'm going to help with my team on the other side as well. And um, it's so interesting because I just had Dolores Cannon come to me on the other side who passed away um, last year. And um, uh, the other person that came through, which was very cool, was Dr. Emoto. (laughs) And I love his water work. So. The greatest part about that, and the first person that showed themselves to support me in this uh, call was actually Sylvia Brown, who I loved all through my childhood. Um, So, very cool. Wonderful. Uh, Paul, thank you. I see how quickly our our time has gone, and it it just flew by. Paul, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Karen. I'm so thankful, and um, thank you to everyone for listening. That is Paul Luftenegger. His new album is Love Expanding Love. You can find out more. You can listen to music from the album at paulluftenegger.com. That's P-A-U-L-L-U-F-T-E-N-E-G-G-E-R, paulluftenegger.com. And of course, I always welcome your comments, your questions, your feedback. You can find out more about me. You can find out how to connect with me through private sessions and classes and events and all kinds of good things at karenhager.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.